Look, buying a car can be a stressful experience, but True Car is changing car buying forever. Yes, True Car helps car buyers get rid of that fear that they might overpay for a vehicle. Last month alone, over 45,000 cars were sold by the True Car certified dealer network, and TrueCar.com users save an average of $3,046 off MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these three easy steps. First, go to TrueCar.com and find out what other people paid for the car you're looking to buy. Then register at TrueCar.com to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. Third and finally, it's very simple. Print out your True Car Savings Certificate and take it to the True Car Certified Dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Every day, TrueCar.com users receive negotiation-free, guaranteed savings. Save time, save money, never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. Some features not available in all states. Welcome to the Solid Verbal. The Solid Verbal. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! I've heard so many players say, well, I want to be happy. You want to be happy for a day? Eat a steak. It's that woo-woo! And now, Dan and Ty. Welcome back to the Solid Verbal, boys and girls. Ty Hildenbrand here, Dan Rubenstein, right on over there. SolidVerbal at gmail.com. That's the email address. Don't forget, folks, as you are watching, listening, at... The games this coming weekend. Give us a call at 408 Verbal 1. That's the reverb line. Leave your voice messages there. We'll do our mm. best on Sunday to cut them up, put them together in some sort of logical order, and play them back for all y'all. Hello, Dan. Hey, Ty. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I missed you saying y'all. Y'all? It's been a long time since you you and your own take on y'all, and I appreciate That's that. That's my authentic southern y'all. Yeah, it's southern, east, southeastern <laughs> Allentown, PA. Yes. That's right. That's right. Um, I'm doing well. I was really tired when we recorded on Sunday. That was. I'm still getting used to the, the college football Sundays, so I feel particularly energized. I've got some Earl Grey tea with some honey. Are you a tea drinker, Ty? I know you're not a coffee drinker. You should go chamomile, Dan, and they tell you that it's supposed to make you sleep. It does right. not make me sleep. It actually keeps me awake, but you I am a tea. You don't sleep at all. No, I'm not a sleeper at all. People wonder, and we get all these emails like, "How your show sounds really good. How much time must you put in? And Ty's got a day job on top of all of this? Here's the secret. Don't give your body any rest. <laughs> well, Sunday was an interesting case because, as some people noted on Twitter, yeah, uh, there was no Ohio State Navy recap, and that's because we had some technical glitches behind the scenes. Right. Uh, it took about nine hours to produce that podcast. Yeah. Nine hours, and it was free. So there's yeah. that. Uh, just ironically enough, the uh, the Ohio State defensive line was in charge of producing and engineering Sunday's show. So ah, an yeah. all around real disappointing weekend for the Ohio State. Okay, that's that's as far as I'm going to go with that. Yeah, it was a glitch. It happens. Honestly, this is just a friendly reminder that Ty at times can be human because he is the pod father. <laughs> the pod father. Okay. Yeah, I can go um, with that. Yeah. So what were your? Let's be because we have to we have to preview week two. Really, a huge slate of like. <laughs> Four and a half games that are interesting. Uh, we have to preview week two. We should also talk about both the Baylor SMU and the Louisville Miami games because that happened after recording took place on Sunday. And I want your opening thoughts to be all about Ohio State Navy in a brief but, you know, interesting way. Ohio State should have looked better against Navy. I'm Perhaps. encouraged by the numbers we saw from JT Barrett. I think he's got mm -hmm. room to grow. I think he will grow, and I think Ohio State will be really good by the season's end. Yes. I am more curious to see how Ohio State fares this week. I didn't take much out of that win last week from the Ohio State standpoint. Right. I'm real curious to see this week how the pass defense in the secondary holds up against Virginia Tech, which I think is a sneaky good passing team. Yeah, there was some disappointment uh, when looking at the offense and how inconsistent they seemed at times. Obviously, things opened up in the second half, and defensively, it's it's tricky to gauge with uh, with defending a, an option team like Navy. I I think it's a pretty impossible chore, not only to just step in and play quarterback 
for Ohio State for the first time, but to do so on very limited notice, like JT Barrett had, right. uh, defending his sort of uneven play early on. But I think he will be the uh, the benefactor, the beneficiary, whatever it is, of that first to second week. Let's see what he did well and shape a game plan around that, and let's see what he struggled with and hopefully improve that or avoid those kind of plays. I think, and even though Virginia Tech should be fielding a pretty good defense, it's a good time to be playing Virginia Tech without Anton Exum and Kyle Fuller as corners. Uh, we'll get into that game a little bit later, but I anticipate a a respectable jump from week one to week two for Ohio I, State. I would but, agree with that. And while we're on the topic of Navy. Yeah. Lock of the week. Wow. Let me throw a bonus pick out there. Here it Navy is. lost 34 to 17 yes. last week against Ohio State. I'm inclined to bet the farm on Navy minus three at Temple this coming week. Now, you know we love our owls, right? Owls! Great win and all for Temple last week over an SEC school on the road in hostile Nashville, right? Yeah, SEC speed. They did it quickly. Now they've only got a week to come down off that high and prepare Mm -hmm. for an option attack that fought Ohio State pretty mightily last week. Right. I don't know enough about Temple football to break down the depth chart, the X's and O's, if you will. Right. But this is all situational for me. I, I say grab Navy. I can see them winning by double digits here. Betting against Al Golden and the Temple Owls. <laughs> man, oh, man. Well, it's funny you should mention Al Golden. Right. What the heck was up with Miami on Monday night? Yeah, um... It's been a long time since really good quarterback play for Miami, and I think Brad Kaya has the ability. He showed flashes, but counting on a true freshman against a a pretty good Louisville team is tough, and Miami should be better. There really is no excuse with how much recruiting talent they have around campus, just in in a pretty general vicinity. For Miami to be so consistently mediocre, I think the Hurricanes should be a good team at some point, not necessarily this season, but at a certain point, there just has to be too much talent to be mediocre. They look sloppy. Even Louisville looks sloppy for at least the first half. It was a sloppy game, um, but Louisville does have the sort of excuse like, hey, new coach, new systems, new players. Everybody's getting used to everybody, and they still won and looked pretty decent in the second half in doing so. Miami, yeah, it's going to be a bit. It's going to be a bit. And look, we like Duke Johnson. Yeah, we like Duke Johnson. And they've got a freshman quarterback. Right. Who looked like a freshman quarterback. Correct. So, you know, give them some time. I, I don't know what kind of uh, patience Miami fans are feeling mm-hmm. currently. However, it's going to take some time for him to mold into what he could eventually be. Louisville, on the other hand, we should add won the game 31 to 13. Bobby Petrino, I think, just getting started with this offense. Um I've said it once. I'll say it again. Mm-hmm. Don't sleep on the Louisville Cardinals just because they lost Teddy Bridgewater. I think this is a sneaky good team in the ACC. Definitely in the top half. Probably in the top half of the top half of the ACC. Definitely. I think the Cardinals are a really good team. And look, if we're looking at the schedule, this could be an opportunity for someone to make a run at Florida State when Louisville plays host of Florida State on a Thursday night a little later on this season. Not saying it's going to happen, but right. if you're looking for a game like that, Louisville could potentially be the one with some of the craziness we've seen on Thursdays. You don't just burst onto the John, Papa John Stadium. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's going to be a tough one for Louisville, but yeah. it is a bummer, and, and I don't know, what's the date of that? you have that? That's late October? Yeah, I don't have the date on me. Yeah, late, let's th- just say late October. Yeah, I think we, we hope that Devontae Parker is back by then to give them a sort of a a more interesting look on offense and will Gardner a weapon on the outside. But yeah, Jim quick looks real good. I like shortening James to Jim. Jimmy quick. Yeah. Jimmy quick. Jim quick. Jimmy quack, quick corn, Jim quick. Yeah. Yep. Um, he, he obviously is promising, but yeah, Louisville does appear to be a, a very highly respected. I don't know what I'm talking about here. Louisville's good. They're in the top half of the ACC. It'll be interesting to watch the other game that uh, we didn't have a chance to cover. Yeah. Baylor SMU, Dan. Baylor SMU. Yeah. Um, it appeared that one of us may have stepped on a crack because Bryce Petty has a partially broken back, which sucks. Oh, no, you didn't. Yeah, it sucks. Um, yeah, the the Bears, they rolled pretty easily. I was If there's anything to take away from this game, it's they sort of slept walk and were sloppy on offense and still put up 500 and however many yards against... 
a legitimately below average FBS team. Are we still using FBS? Sure. Has that been determined? I, I don't know. FPS, but both of them have playoffs. Football playoff? I don't know what it is. Um, In any case, the bigger thing to take away from that, and this is something Art Briles spoke about and then the coaching staff of Baylor spoke about before the season, is this Baylor defense could be pretty special, even with the losses they had. Um, I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing this defense throughout a, a pretty interesting Big 12 because pitching a shutout is pitching a shutout is pitching a shutout. And that counts. The opening of McLean Stadium, a nice-looking stadium, real authentic brick walls everywhere. Yep. Um, and uh, <laughs> it's a, it was a great way to start the season, the the Bryce Petty injury situation notwithstanding. He is going to play. He's going to play in pain as much as he can. He's got two cracked, I believe, two cracked vertebrae yep. in his back. Yep. No, you don't like either the word vertebrae or usually, cracked. I mean, usually not a good sign? No. Per se? If you will, the broken yeah. back thing's not good, but you can play through that. Um, Without knowing the backup situation, it is a good sign that RG3 and then Nick Florence and then Bryce Petty, it's it's a pretty not easy system, but Art Bryles does a fantastic job getting his quarterbacks up to speed to succeed. I like the defensive line play. Yes, big Sean Oakman. You know, I, I like the defensive line play from Baylor. Mm-hmm. I think it's as good as many Baylor fans had hoped. Yeah. So and far, so look, good. defense, they it seems like they take a, a stride forward every year in terms of defense. Mm-hmm. And if they can continue on that trajectory, that will serve them well, especially in the Big 12, because that's really been what's holding them back. Yeah. So it was an impressive showing, 45 to nil, I believe your final score yeah. in that game. Um, what else do we got going on in the world of college football? Not too much. Wisconsin, I believe, is shutting down Joel Stave, who was, of course, their starter last year. And now, let me ask a question about Stave. Yeah. Is he hurt or does he just have the yips? Because I've been reading conflicting stories over the last 48 hours or so. Either the shoulder's hurt or he's just got the yips and can't throw. What, is, what exactly is the situation right now? I heard shoulder, but I, I haven't been reading as much about the situation. It's a, I mean, I'm on CBS, I'm seeing it says Anderson. Gary okay. Anderson says that. Joel Stave out indefinitely, but not injured. That's weird. That tells me he's got the yips. Some issues with the throwing shoulder. The best thing for him right now is to shut it down and give him some rest. Uh, and then, is he injured? No. But is he ready to play right now? No. I use the word injury, so maybe a bad choice of words. And then he's saying he's not shut down. It sounds like he's got the yips, Dan. There's, there's some sort of non-physical issue. Which okay. is a yippy way of coloring it, I guess. I don't know. All right. Well, Stave. Um, he says it just be- isn't right. I've thrown how many thousands of balls in my life? I know when it hurts, when it doesn't. I don't know what it is. Just isn't right. Is this like Rube Baker in Major League Two when he can't throw to second base? It might be. I think it's. it might just be a confidence thing. Like he's not ready to fully test his shoulder or something. Well, huh. No big know. deal when you've got Tanner McAvoy to lead the passing offense. Yes, there was some line I might have been Stu Mandel saying, and we should get into this week's games, but some line is like, here's the bad news. Tanner McAvoy in the second half threw 10 passes, three of which went to Wisconsin players, <laughs> two of which went to LSU players. Like 50%. <laughs> oh, my God. I went it's, back and watched the replay of that game. Yeah. What was Wisconsin doing in the second half? I don't know, but I've I've never been more sure of a team losing down four with two and a half minutes and the ball. Um, it was one of those things in the Melvin Gordon thing. Now turns out he had a hip injury that he suffered before halftime. That has Melvin come out Gordon. since. Uh, you should know anytime we say the words Melvin Gordon, we have to play that sound. I should pause. I really should. Yes. Um, but yeah, so that obviously did not help. And Corey Clements, a capable running back. I think LSU really did a great job of adjusting. I, I don't know if it was as much a situation of Wisconsin just all of a sudden being bad in the last quarter and a half of the game as much as LSU doing a fantastic job wearing down Wisconsin. Well, like I said, whenever you play LSU, you've lost. You just don't know it yet. Yeah, it's pretty much true. That's the way it goes. You want to get into this week's games? Let's do that. Dan, time, help. I need picks of the week. As my beloved co-host said earlier, it's week two. Which brings with, (laughs) (laughs) I'm dressing this up as best I can. There are like three good games this week. Yeah. Here's the great news. 
unless you're a fan of one of the teams that's playing at noon Eastern. Yep. You really don't need to start watching. You can watch game day. Game day is always pretty fun most of the time. Um, you can watch that and then just take a break. Go like slow cook something outside. Go for a run. Go spend time with loved ones until 3.30 Eastern time when the games get good. I was going to say this is a relationship pro tip right now. Yeah. We get all sorts of people writing in. You know, how can we how can we work our significant other? Yeah. Into the action. How can we balance Saturday with them and with our college football? Yeah. You got to look for weeks like this. Week two, week three, even week four to some extent. Not a loaded slate of games. So if you're going to do something early in the day, go on a hike, you know, go see cats, do something earlier in the day. Make sure you're back in time for 330, 6.30. I don't know. You're in New York. Do you ever go see cats? <laughs> I don't, is cats still in New York? I don't, I don't know. Think it's been here for a long time. Well, um, go do that. Yeah, go have some brunch. Go throw back a couple of Bloody Marys, some huevos rancheros. That's right. Enjoy a leisurely outdoor brunch and then come back 3.30 Eastern. I believe that's when Stanford USC begins. Yes. And life is good. 3.30 Eastern on ABC. This game is at Stanford. The line is three and a half or three, depending where you look. The underdog is USC. Two teams that impressed mightily in week one, Dan. Stanford won 45 to nothing over UC Davis. USC looked dominant by beating Fresno. Yes. By what, 39 points, something like that? Yep, huge win. I'm torn on this one because it's the matchup that always gets me. And there's another one right after this that we're going to talk about. Right. This whole sexy versus really solid matchup. Mm-hmm. Sexy or solid, Dan? Which side are you on here? To me, I'm going solid right now. And that's as somebody, and I just actually, you finished rewatching, which game did you say? Wisconsin LSU? Yeah, yeah. I just finished rewatching USC Fresno State. Okay. Just because I didn't have the full time and attention to pay to it, especially once it got out of hand, uh, was was really encouraged by Cody Kessler, his ability to throw on the run, his ability to sort of improvise and get through all of his reads. Really liked a lot of the youth in the secondary for USC. Two important things because I think Stanford's front, even though they are replacing a couple huge names, I still think they're going to be able to defeat USC's offensive line pretty consistently. Okay. So if Kessler is flush, if he, he does a good job stepping into the pocket when it sort of stuff collapses around him, I feel like that's an important thing. Still not fully confident in USC receivers down the field. A lot of those yards came on sort of horizontal passes and screens, but that's okay. Those yards count against anybody. Sure. Um, and Sanford does have a pretty experienced secondary. They're back, you know, six or seven are very, very good or back eight. So uh, I, I like USC's ability to counter strength. Uh, USC on defense, I really like their defensive line. I really like all of USC's defense against a Stanford team that is replacing essentially blue chip offensive linemen with just slightly less experienced blue chip offensive linemen. Um, I am going Stanford here because I think the combination of David Shaw, Kevin Hogan, and a lot of what they return the pieces, obviously new coordinator on defense, new new players in big positions. I think the home look, Kevin Hogan, it's a revenge spot for Stanford coming back home after their bad loss last year, all the turnovers. They need to be more creative on offense than they showed at the end of last season against big teams. But I think ultimately Stanford can match up to USC athlete to athlete and can win a lot in the trenches, 27-20 Stanford. Well, and you mentioned the offensive line for Stanford, which, you know, Look, it's replacing 134 starts from the offensive line. That's not yep. anything that should be overlooked. They've recruited not significant, yeah. They've recruited well though, well, on the offensive line. And like you said, they're replacing last year's starters with really good players who just don't have the experience. So Rotation I don't know how, guys too. By the way, they would play like nine offensive linemen at the same time in certain sets. Absolutely, guys. absolutely. So they were on the field. So here's what concerns me for Stanford though. The offense for the last few seasons is built entirely around a power running game. Yep. To set up a play action pass. They had a 1,700 yard rusher last year in Tyler mm-hmm. Gaffney, who's now gone. Gone. Yep. Gone. So I'm not saying that Stanford can't move the ball, and I'm not saying I'm all that worried right. about the offensive line, but I'm just thinking this is a really big early test when you're still trying to find your way and get settled in. And that's the matchup for me. How does Stanford's O-line handle USC's D-line? Because there's talent there yep. for USC. It, there's not a lot of depth, but they're talented up front. That, that is the trench fight that I'm most interested in. And if we're talking about 
lines, I guess we should also mention that USC isn't in much better shape along its offensive line, as you sort of intimated. This is a toss-up for me. It's a oh, real toss-up for me. I, I think, I think USC tries to spread Stanford out. I think they and, try and to what spread is Stanford's them out. Defense built for. Well, <laughs> right. Open field spread tackling. Yeah. I think they try to spread them out. I think they try to take advantage of the fact that while Stanford's secondary is strong, it's not deep. And Lord knows USC has the weapons to go four or five wide if it wants. So I the here's what the X factor is for me. In each of the last two seasons while Sark was at Washington, he played Stanford really tight. Correct. So I'm going to say I'm a believer in USC. I'm going to buy the sexiness. I'm, you know I'm all in on Cody Kessler. I'm going to take USC to win outright in a mild wow. upset, 27-21. There it is. So we have very similar scores, just a reverse opinion right. of who has which number. All right. Fair enough. Let's move on. 6.30 on Fox. Woo! Ba-ba-bum, They still use that Do they that still use the NFL song? song? Right? I feel like they might. You mean to tell me, with all the fun at Fox Sports 1, they can't come up with their own music for college football? They're almost football? having too much fun. Although I do really like the new Fox Box, their new scoreboard. It's a lot less intrusive and sort of I public. haven't seen that. It's nice. Okay. We're such nerds to get excited about college football graphics, but listen, if people don't know it already, yeah, come on, what are you doing? All right, so here we go again. It's Oregon against Michigan State. Oregon's yes. a thirteen-point favorite. Another one of these matchups of sexy versus solid. I love this game. Aside of being a, a Pac-12 versus Big Ten matchup, it's mm-hmm. really a great contrast of styles. You've got Oregon with the finesse gimmick offense. Oh. Um, and uh, Michigan State with that physical brand of defense, pro-style offense, what have you. Chris the Capper called in his lock. Let's start there. Hey, guys. Chris the Capper back here. Uh, 1-0 to start the season. For this week, let's go to the Big Ten Pac-12 matchup and take Michigan State plus 12 at Oregon. Uh, I really like this Michigan State team. They return all of their skill position players from last year outside of one receiver, they return a decent chunk of their defense, and they have Pat Narduzzi, who's the best defensive coordinator in college football. Um, Oregon, I do like them. I think they have a really good offense. I have a little bit of question uh, about their defense, and I also do think that their offense, they've struggled against Stanford recently, and I think the Michigan State defense is built very similar to the Stanford defense. Uh, I also think Mark Antonio has a big coaching edge over, uh, over the Oregon staff, uh, and while I do think the Ducks – and Eugene are going to be a little bit too much. 12 points is, uh, is a little too much. Uh, so let's take the Spartans. We'll grab the 12 points. But I do think Oregon wins this one outright. Let's go Oregon 28, Michigan State 27. All right. So he's saying a low, close yeah. game. Low scoring, close game, 28-27. In fairness, Chris is a Michigan State guy, which Correct. may make him a little biased here. I, I don't think he said anything that was too out of the ordinary uh, I, I agree I was I was yeah. gonna pivot off that and say you're an yeah. Oregon guy what are your thoughts here uh I I generally agree with what he has to say I think Oregon wins this game I don't think they win it in I think if they if it's in double digits it's right around 10 I the line I was looking at when I did easy call was 13 and a half which I think is too much I think it was about 17 in the spring but Oregon losing uh Tyler Johnstone t- losing Braylon Addison so that their left tackle and their best receiver obviously that drives stuff down Oregon tends to play better in the beginning of the season when they're healthiest, when they they seem to be on a, a good roll from fall camp. Michigan State on the road, there, I mean, there's very little to dislike about Michigan State. Obviously, what, the, what they showed in their first week was fantastic. Connor Cook is fantastic. Uh, they lose, The thing that you dislike about Michigan State at this point is they lose a lot of good experience in the secondary from last year, and Oregon's going to be throwing it more than ever because of Marcus Mariota. Uh, they lose Danico Allen. They lose Max Bullock. They, they lose huge names in the front, but there's still enough there, and their system is so sound defensively with uh, with Pat Narduzzi that it, it's only a matter of time before they reach the level they were at at the end of last season. Yeah. So I, I do like a lower scoring game from where Oregon's used to being. Like when you look at what they did against Tennessee last year, a completely different team when they drop whatever 70 that they dropped. I like Oregon somewhere in the... 31-24, 34-27, 34-24, somewhere in there between like a 7-10 to 10 point win. I think they're operating really well, and I think they're going to be able to take advantages of a few creases that the uh, the Michigan State defense gives them without Darquez Denard. Because right. I think this Oregon receiving core and the move of Byron Marshall, who was their starting running back last year, 
to slot receiver. I think that's that's a difference maker. Still do not like either of Oregon's lines, but I think their speed in the end, both in the secondary and with the offensive skill positions, is enough for some big plays to separate the Ducks. I kind of like Oregon's offensive line. They're really experienced and they're really good. They So they're down their starting left tackle in Tyler Johnstone. Right. Um, they may have the best center in the country in Hronis Grassu. Um, sure. I need to, like the, the South Dakota game, I didn't see a ton of running inside, but honestly, why would you when the corner was always there against a much slower FCS team? So I'm very curious to see the specific matchup of Oregon's offensive line, especially the interior of the offensive line against a partially rebuilt Michigan State defensive line and how much they run inside, especially with true freshman running back Royce Freeman, who is your boy. He is a he is a truck. He is your boy. I wouldn't go that far, but I am <laughs> I am I am excited to watch him dine. This well, season. I look, I like the offensive line. I think they're going to be able to open up that run game. I think they'll keep Mariota protected enough so that he can throw to like 87 different weapons. However, many yep. Oregon now has on the roster and on the flip side. The jury is out for me on Michigan State's line, offensive line, that is. But right. since Oregon does look a little bit weak up the middle, I think Jeremy Langford can do quite well at the whole power running thing, which we know he is wont yeah. to do. Didn't do a ton in the run game last week. Didn't do a ton last week. Um, yeah. So I, I think both teams are going to be able to run the ball. This is the one game this week, the one game where in my notes, I'll highlight who I think is going. I have no team highlighted. None. Because Chris went Michigan State, because you went Michigan State, I'm going to go Oregon. So you're you're giving those points. I'm going to give the points. It was 17 for a reason. It was 17 for a reason. It came down, and I understand why it came down. But um, for what it's worth, and this was told to me secondhand, so this is totally take it with a grain of salt. Uh, From a head coach who's watched these teams as a third party, uh, a major head coach in college football feels like Oregon is going to smoke Michigan State. I don't know where that confidence comes from, but that is that is the the uh, that is the word that I got for whatever that's worth. That Michigan State will just simply be able to not keep up with that specific system and and the the amount of speed that the Ducks have. I I don't see that being the case at all, but I have no idea. And it's an early bellwether for the playoff committee as it tries yeah. to sort things out and figure out which teams should go where. Obviously, it's just week two, but this is one of those games that. Come December, people are going to be talking about. So you've got Michigan State. Chris the Capper locked up Michigan State plus the 13. And uh, I'm going to take Oregon just to be different. Let's move on. Let's go uh, 7 p.m. ESPN to South Carolina at home. Mm -hmm. 14 point favorites over the underdog East Carolina. This was looking like a trap game when Mm. everyone assumed that South Carolina would just go out and blow the doors off Texas A&M. Oops. Now... (laughs) <laughs> now it's the game South Carolina needs if they want to write that ship because they've got Georgia yes, next week, which is not an easy game. So, look, here's the deal. South Carolina was a presumed top 10 team that lost very badly a week ago. Yeah, embarrassingly so. We are previewing this game because of how South Carolina lost. We're previewing yeah. it because South Carolina couldn't stop the pass. They couldn't stop the pass. And guess what? Guess what ECU can do, Dan? <laughs> Throw that dang ball. I'm talking Shane Carden, Justin Hardy, Isaiah Jones. Yeah. They're coming for. I almost said they're coming for the Cox. I'm sorry. <laughs> Can I say that on here? I feel like it's totally accurate. Anyway. That's um, that's going to be the blurb that I put on the back of your book. They're coming your for the book. Cox. They're coming Hey-o. for the Cox. Ty Hildebrandt. How much do you overreact or not overreact to what you saw from South Carolina in week one? I'm positive there will be adjustments for South Carolina, especially against a team they are not taking lightly. Steve Spurrier, even in, in the, the middle of the offseason, was commenting on how, you know, beating East Carolina would be a big deal and East Carolina would finish like in the top half of the Big Ten. Sure. Um, so they're not taking this game lightly. It's in, I believe it's in Columbia. In Columbia. It's in Columbia. I'm Yeah, I'm positive South Carolina will adjust. Um not completely sold on whether East Carolina can stop South Carolina consistently. But at this point, I feel like there is a little bit of doubt in my mind. And my motto is now when in doubt, take those points. I'm going to take those points. I kind of feel like I don't want to overreact after that first. I think South Carolina wins this game. 
I, I think so too. And typically, as you alluded, you see a lot of improvement from week one to week two. That's when you mm-hmm. see the most improvement. So I don't want to get all bent out of shape after what we saw last week, but it's not unforeseen to expect a little bit of a shootout. You know, I mean, the over-under is 63. Vegas is feeling it too. That was and a loud gun. I'm sorry. It's okay. You know my rule about shootouts and points. What's that? Take the points in a shootout, Take man. Take those dang points. I'm going ECU plus 14. I think South Carolina wins, but definitely maybe even a little bit of a backdoor situation. Wow. You are just, you are on your game today. I learned where these sounds are at. That's why I'm playing them repeatedly. I like that. So we both got ECU then. We both have ECU. All right, Dan, before we go any further, let's take a quick break. On the flip side, a note from our sponsor, and we'll get right back into things. Because sometimes you need a little fun with your sports. It's not a sports show. This is a me show. The Steve Zavid Show from Yahoo Sports Radio. Sally, how soon before Scott's daughter Instagrams her Sports talk with fun and frivolity. Are you out of your mind? I'm not talking about a sports show. God, I sound terrible, don't I? Oh, excuse me. Hello and welcome. <clears throat> Take three. Listen to the Steve Zabin Podcast on Podcast One. Just search Zabin. C-Z-A-B-A-N. I got carried away. I'm very sorry. Dan, today's show brought to you in part by FanDuel.com. Wow, you went. That was over the top, Thai voice. Little FM radio DJ there. Not going to hurt anybody. <sighs> I'm sweating a little bit. Finally, it's the opening week of the NFL regular season. It's your last mm-hmm. chance to join FanDuel.com before opening weekend. Millions of people play fantasy football, but you can win real cash this weekend playing fantasy football with your buddies if you do it at FanDuel.com. There's all sorts of stories. You've seen the commercials. Uh, Joe Watson from New York turned a mm-hmm. $50 deposit into over thirty grand in two weeks what? playing fantasy football on FanDuel. Join him, join the hundreds of thousands of others out there who are already playing, already winning money. FanDuel is the leader in one-week fantasy football leagues for real cash, immediate cash payouts. The money is real. You can play for as little as $1, no season-long commitment. Play each week whenever you like. I'll have you know that I did this last week. And? You and I strategized over this because you don't just have to play NFL. You can also do college football. Uh Uh-oh. All right. Free money. Yeah, it would have been free money, except for the fact that the knucklehead I played against Uh had both Everett Golson and Todd Gurley. Oops. I was texting you all day about the progress our team was making. I had both Devin Gardner and Devin Funchess. The Devin to Devin combo, D squared. Right. Was not enough. I finished in second. Did not pay off. Finished in second, Dan. All right. FanDuel we'll pays out more than $10 million every single week this NFL season. You have to play, obviously, if you want to win. Right now, go to FanDuel.com. Click on the mic in the upper right-hand corner. Use the code VERBAL and sign up now. They've got a new user special going on. They will match you dollar for dollar on your first deposit up to 200 bucks. That's up to 200 free dollars. The offer is only good for the first 50 people that use the code VERBAL. Do Don't it. forget to use that code VERBAL. Do it's it. F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com, FanDuel.com. Sign up today. Do it. Moving on. We have to talk about this game. You know it. What are we doing here? 7.30 p.m. on NBC, Notre Dame. Four and a half point favorite against the Michigan Wolverines, Dan. Sorry. Um, it's at four and a half now. It was five and a half when I did Easy Call. SBNation.com. It's a website. Company man. Um, four and a half points. How does that make you feel? You were pretty pro-Michigan when we did our, our week one rap show in terms of this matchup. Did a little more research. Yeah. I'm even more pro-Michigan now. Wow. Why is that? I just have more questions about Notre Dame than I do Michigan, especially on defense. Um, Can the front seven contain Devin Gardner and Derrick Henry? And what happens when they can't and they overcompensate and then they get burnt over the top for a big play? True. That's my worst fear. I like, first of all, I like Shelton Day both as a football player and as a name of a 50s doo-wop lead singer. Sheldon Day. Sheldon Day and the Hollywood Knights. I could go with that. Um, I 
I, I tend to agree with you. I like Michigan in this game very cautiously just because we have not seen the offensive line go against an FBS team against an actual front and Notre Dame has recruited and has talent in that front, even with what they lost and Shembo into it. They have day, they have Jalen Smith. They have a, the ability if they're going to be playing more aggressively, like we were promised to get to the quarterback, especially against a team like Michigan that has had very recent troubles protecting the quarterback. I think Doug Nussmeyer is a very good offensive coordinator, especially when he's allowed to be an offensive coordinator. Like he was not at certain points with Alabama. Um, I think you're going to see Devin Gardner getting the, rid of the ball quicker. I think you're going to see Derek Green succeed now, that, especially now that he's in shape. Um, and I like the experience of Michigan's defense. I, I'm with you that there are fewer questions right now about Michigan as a team, as long as you take away the the offensive line question, which is still a huge question. Sure. But I like the experience on defense. I like the the secondary experience. Jake Ryan is back. Jabril Peppers is being worked in. Um. I think the ability for explosive plays for Michigan to spread the ball around, which they did the first week and got a lot of touches to a lot of people that mixed with Notre Dame still not having a truly dynamic playmaker on the inside or outside right now. I think it's fair to say they don't have like that bellwether running back or that go-to receiver with DeVaris Daniels out. I worry about that. I'm, I think I'm going to stick with my Michigan 27, 24 pick. Okay. Going low scoring for this game. Low man. scoring. Wow. I think it's going to be back and forth like this game always, always, always is. back and forth. Four and a half, by the way, one way or the other is going to be right on the money. Yeah, absolutely. One quick point I should mention here, and I caught hell for this on Twitter a little bit. Oh, man. I had some Notre Dame fans say that I forgot about the Notre Dame Michigan game from 2012. When on the last show, I said Notre Dame hasn't been able to stop a Michigan quarterback in recent memory. You remember that? Right. Absolutely. They are correct. I did forget about that game. I would advise they forget about it, too. Do yourself a (laughs) favor. Please forget about that damn game, because if you don't remember. Right. That's the one where Notre Dame won 13 to six with 239 Uh, yards. uh, That was the one where Michigan threw five consecutive. (laughs) I can't even believe I'm reading this off again. Five consecutive interceptions on five consecutive drives to end the first half. I'm going to quote perhaps the songstress of our generation, Miss Celine Dion. It's all coming back, coming back to me now. If you want to remember that game, by all means, mm-hmm. go right ahead. If, you, if you want to remember that mess of a game that ND was lucky to win, then so be it. But I don't need that. My evidence is every other game dating back to Tate Forcier. Yeah. They've never stopped the Michigan quarterback, at least not in recent memory. Right. Um, all right. So I think Notre Dame's going to have a ton of trouble stopping Michigan. And on the flip side, I have more confidence in Michigan's ability to slow down Notre Dame's offense just enough to establish some degree of separation. So I think I agree with you. I think this is going to be the best game of the day. It's going to be a classic Michigan-Notre Dame shootout. No, I'm not going to play the noise because this is important. Right. I hope I'm dead wrong, but I just don't like the matchup for Notre Dame. I think Michigan wins the game outright, 42-38. Oh, wow. I'm saying a high-scoring game. Points. I can't Love a good, uh, I'm sorry if that was loud, Dan. It comes through so loud. I'm sure it scared you, but um, game of this is how this is where we are with week two. Game of the day between one ranked team and one unranked team in the Midwest. Yeah. <coughs> By the way, I hope I'm wrong. You're right over there. Yeah, I'm coughing. I don't know what it is. I got a little tickle. Okay. <coughs> I'm ready. I'm going to get some more old gray. Here it here it comes, Ty. Okay. Right down, right into the hangar. We're good. Good to go? Yeah, I think I'm ready. By the way, I hope I'm wrong here. Yeah. As everyone knows, I'm a Notre Dame fan, and if I really wanted to be wrong, I'd just lock this game up. Right. But I'm not going to do that. The other point, and then we'll move on to Texas BYU. Mm-hmm. If Michigan loses this game, think of what it means for the Big Ten in terms of getting into this playoff. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin, with the way it lost, is probably toast, and I don't trust Tanner McAvoy. Right. Michigan State's about to be toast because they're going to lose to Oregon. Wow. Ohio State could be toast at some point if they don't get a little bit sharper than what we saw in week one against Navy. Right. Michigan's going to be toast at some point because it's Michigan, and the same thing holds true for Nebraska. I'm not even going to throw Iowa in the running you have given up on the big 10 after a single week of play 
I need to see some production this week, Dan. I liked what Nebraska did. Yeah, Nebraska played Florida Atlantic. Yeah, they did. Okay. One of the top 25 directional Florida schools, Ty. I'm just saying. Yeah. You know, maybe they better overturn that Penn State bowl ban. Get a team in that playoff. I don't know what I'm saying. Anyway. There are at least four teams that I would take into this playoff I know, for I Penn know. State. We both got Michigan. Yeah. Let's move on. 7.30, Fox Sports 1, where, what do they have at Fox Sports? Is it, they still have all the fun? So much fun. Why don't they have a, they should have fun as the house band. The band. will carry on some nights. Some, how do you feel about fun? Huge fun fan. All in. Really? All in on fun. All in on fun. I am. I really like the format, which was the Nate, the lead singer's band before fun. I think, I, I, I think way more positively than negatively about fun. I don't know if I'm I'm the full all in though. Is it Jack? One of Jack's the, the guitar player who started a side band called Bleachers. Bleachers. Yeah, can't get into be in steel can't train in, tie. Can't get into Bleachers. Can't. Get I don't into mind it the all. single. I haven't listened to anything else. Awful, awful song. Because I myself want to get better, Ty. I do I too. Get better. Can't listen to this song though. All right. Uh, Texas, a three and a half point favorite at home yeah. at night on Fox Sports One with all the mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. against BYU. David Ash is out. Gone. For this game. He took a hit in the first quarter of He the, should be done for his football career. Yeah. It's unfortunate. He took a hit against North Texas. He didn't exhibit mm-hmm. any symptoms until a little bit later. Look, you, you wish him well. It's, it's a sad thing. David Ash obviously had a ton of talent. Yeah. But you hope that he wisens up at this point and doesn't try to chance it anymore because he just had so many problems. It seems to clear the way, at least for a little bit, for Tyrone Swoops. Correct. But I should add, there is a lot of buzz right now around Gerard Hurd. Mm-hmm. He's a true freshman from Denton, Texas. If Swoops does not play well, you can expect Charlie Strong to get the quick hook out and go on out there, bring in Gerard Hurd. Meanwhile, BYU has the entire offense back. Correct. The same a lot offense. Of the defense back. Yeah, the same offense that rushed for 550 yards. And may have driven the stake in Mac Brown's heart just a season ago. Mm-hmm. This is a good team. It's a veteran team. Eventually, they're going to have a solid defense. But I think it's going to take a while to reassemble the pieces here after losing some key contributors. Dan, three and a half is a really low line. What do you think? Um, you have your finger on the lock button? I do. Put your finger there, Ty. All right. Lock of the week. Even with Tyrone Swoops, even with, and I don't believe you mentioned Dom Espinoza, by far the anchor of that offensive line, out for the season mm. uh, with an injury suffered during the North Texas game. The meanest of green, those North Texas players. Of course. Um, I think Texas wins this game due to strength and conditioning, due to, yeah, that's the number one reason, Ty. <laughs> uh, Vance Bedford, new defensive coordinator, health and experience among the linebacking core. I like their front seven, even with uh, with with the loss of Jackson Jeffcoat. Um, I think there are still too many ways for Texas to win. The great news for Texas is that Manny Diaz will have nothing to do with this week's defense against BYU. <laughs> that is fantastic news. Yes. Neither will Greg Robinson. Gerg. That's fantastic news. Mac Brown with the adjustments, again, preparing a team emotionally, physically, spiritually, mentally, whatever. Nothing to do with this week. These are all great things for Texas. They have a real coach. They have a real coaching staff. I don't think the offense will be all that complicated for Tyrone Sloops or eventually Gerard Hurd. There's no plan, according to Sean Watson, to use Gerard Hurd at this time, but he's a college football coach. Who knows? Yep. Um, I think Texas offense will be simple. Uh, Tyrone Swoops is big. He's fast. He will run. It should, if they're smart, resemble a little bit of what BYU does, not necessarily zone read, but really giving the quarterback a chance to get out into space, throw run pass options, whatever the case is. They've got good running backs. I'm not crazy about the offensive line, but it's a big revenge spot. And the fact that BYU was as undisciplined as they were last week on the road against God dang UConn. Yep. I, I think there, there is room for Texas to take advantage of BYU mistakes. I think Taysom Hill will be very good, but ultimately I think Texas wins this one. A second straight road game for BYU, 28-17. Yeah, I, I believe Texas can and will move the football here. I don't care who their quarterback is. I think they're going to score points against BYU. Yep. The better question, though, is whether Texas can stop Taysom Hill. You have to think. Great question. You have to think that Charlie Strong knows all about the recent history of this game. 
Mm-hmm. You certainly know the players know the recent history of this game. I think they're going to figure out a way to stop him. Plus the games at home at night, given all the uncertainty at quarterback. I just, you know what? Let's do it. Double lock of the week. Given the uncertainty at quarterback or offensive wow. line or whatever, I am taking Texas as well. Let's go first double barrel shotgun, lock it up, pick of the week. I think it's a situational play here. It's a revenge spot for Texas. They're going to win this one going away by 10 to 14 points. One rule, two rules. First rule is when in doubt, take the points. Second rule is when in doubt about locks, take the breakfast tacos. Mm. It's not the hardest thing in the world. Where's the, where's the next city that we're going to see each other definitively in 2015? I don't know if we're allowed to say, Dan. I mean, most likely Dallas. Yeah. The flights aren't booked. It could be Austin. Why Austin? Because they have tacos. Okay. I've got uh, one more big game here, and then I know we've got some other ones we need to get through. Okay. 8 p.m. ESPN. Uh-oh. Ohio State, 11.5-point favorite against Virginia Tech. Dan, let's start with a tweet from our friend Adam Rittenberg mm. over at ESPN. Yep. Uh, he tweeted out that Urban Meyer says Virginia Tech offensive coordinator Scott Leffler is among the most knowledgeable coaches Genius. he's ever been around. Genius. Naturally, Dan Rubenstein, our cunning social media magnante here. Oh, magnante. On the solid verbal, promptly retweeted asking what exactly Scott Leffler is knowledgeable about. I think a fair question. All sorts of answers. Homemade granola. One. Board games. Two. Weather instincts. Should I wear a jacket? Should I wear a light parka? Three. Conservation of the letter T in a first name. Absolutely. Only one T. He's Scott. Very good final round at at Wheel of Fortune. Yep. He does not need a lot of letters. So he would make for a fun person to go to a and b with. Who are you picking here? Um, I'm picking Ohio State. Alluded to it earlier in that I thought that Ohio State would uh, have a nice jump between weeks one and two. I thought they showed flashes. I think there's eventually going to be too much speed for Virginia Tech to handle, especially with how much they are replacing on defense. Far be it for me to bet against a Virginia Tech defense. Uh, I think they're going to do a good job this season on that side of the ball. But to to ask Michael Brewer, new quarterback for uh, for Virginia Tech, the transfer from Texas Tech, to come in with limited weapons, I would say at this point and succeed for four quarters, I think is a lot to ask. Uh, the offensive line is a, is a pretty decent strength of Virginia tech, which could keep things close. So maybe two, three quarters, but I think Ohio state ultimately in like the 37, 17 range takes this. Okay. So if I understand correctly, then it's essentially a vote of confidence for the improvements you expect to see in Ohio State from week one to week two, mm-hmm. and a lack of confidence in Virginia Tech's offense. That's I think that's fair. I, I like Michael Brewer's first week of the season. They weren't overwhelmingly great on okay. either side of the ball, but uh, I, I think Ohio State still has too much, and I think the coaching staff is still too good. Actually, Ty, can I get the breaking news sound if you have that readily available? <laughs> In my inbox just now, I got an email from Gene Miller Wilson saying, I hope Jake is feeling better and coughing less. Max is enjoying the start of school, and that's so are you. That's from Gene. Gene. I don't believe that was meant for me, but I just wanted to make sure people knew in case whoever Gene Miller Wilson was sending that email to is listening right now. I'm happy to pass that message along. I got one of my own here, Dan. What'd you get? Not at the same time. I got this one a few days ago. This one comes to us from a gentleman named William. Hello. We are looking to book a table for 12 guests from the 20th to the 24th of October 2014. The booking is for dining in each day. Please email us dinner and lunch menus. Thanks and best regards. I got that one uh, two days ago on Labor Day. What kind of food would you want to eat with 12 people for four straight days? The same 12 people. Do I respond with a menu? Do I respond at all and tell him, uh, dear William... Yeah, you, you sent it to the wrong place. Like, what do I do here? Um, I would say, do, do, do your guests have any specific dietary requests? Dietary requests. <laughs> just really just keep it going. 
just okay. to be the biggest asshole you could be. Um, <laughs> any dietary <laughs> requests, or do we have any like gluten free or peanut allergies in in the party? I just don't know. Make I don't sure. have the heart to do it. I, that's that's a that's a real bad. I don't know. But on. you know what? That kind of gets me thinking about a secret verbal. Oh. We have our. I have the secret verbal right. locked and ready. All right. Well, we'll we'll get to that in a little bit here. Yes. Um, let me reframe the conversation then about Ohio State, Virginia. Please do. Tech. Do you trust JT Barrett and his ability to throw against the secondary? Yeah, two new corners. I feel good that he will not be given the responsibilities of all sorts of complicated reads okay. and sitting back and so figuring you're, out. You're confident reads. then. You're confident he can do enough. Quick strikes to Dontre Wilson. Quick strikes Ezekiel Elliott in the backfield. Devin Smith on the outside. I I feel like JT Barrett will take a step forward to the point where we're like, ooh, should we raise season-long expectations for Ohio State now that they appear to have an above-average quarterback? Okay. Well, I think Virginia Tech is sneaky good. I said it at the top of the show, and I think they can run okay. on Ohio State. I think they can pass on Ohio State. I think they quietly have that passing game. Willie Byrne, Dimitri Knowles, Josh Stanford. Okay. They've got some weapons. The Ohio State secondary, very talented, but still a bit green. So mm -hmm. I think they can exploit that. Uh, I'll agree that the verdict is still out on Michael Brewer. Don't quite know what we have there yet, the transfer from Texas Tech. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think they're going to be able to move the football in both facets of the offense. I like Tech to cover this spread. I'm not going to go so far as to say that they're going to beat Ohio State on the road at night in the horseshoe. I would not be surprised to see it happen, though. Wow. Would not be surprised to see it happen. I actually like You're this game. You're such a hater, Ty. I'm not a hater. I'm You're not rooting such against. a hater. I'm not rooting against Ohio State. I'm just saying I, I am more bullish on Virginia Tech than I initially expected. So okay. I'm going to take Virginia Tech here to cover the spread. I do think Ohio State wins. But I think it's high scoring. I think it's like 34, so is, 31. So this is one of the eight feathers that make up Frank Beamer's eight win bed. That's right. That's right. right. Oh, yeah. There it is. Uh, <laughs> I almost forgot about that one. Thanks yeah. for bringing it up. No problem. All I right. I regret it immediately. Of course. Um, what else do we got here? Are there any other games on the slate? Uh, well, you know there are. There are many more games. Any we want to talk about quickly? I don't really. I mean, Thursday night we have Arizona, UT San Antonio, who actually looks surprisingly good against Houston. They turned them over six times. By the and, way, seven and a half point spread now. Right. It's it's in San Antonio. It's a Larry Coker special. Um, really liked what Arizona did in their opening week. Granted, it was against UNLV, but redshirt freshman or whatever he is, a new Solomon, uh, the quarterback that stepped in. They've got all sorts of skill, talent offensively. Not crazy about their defense, but not insanely crazy about San Antonio's offense. I mean, there's no reason to believe in them at the moment. Um, They've got 38 seniors on that UTSA team. It's a little bit team. scary. It's a little bit scary. Larry Coker has done a great job. They've built that program from the ground up. I don't have the knowledge of UTSA to make any sort of definitive pick. I think yeah. Arizona's almost assuredly significantly better. But I'm going to say watch this game. Watch the game. Turn on. I believe it's ESPN. Watch. Watch this game. Is it ESPN? I don't want to give people the wrong. It's, it's on TV somewhere. Seek out this game on your television guide. Um, let's see what channel it's on and watch it Thursday night with a uh, with a friend, a loved one, and anybody. A beverage. a beverage. Watch it with a beverage. Maybe Come the loved one work. is the Take beverage. Take a load off. It's on Fox Sports One at 8 p.m. Eastern. All the fun is on Fox Sports. Oh, 1. so much fun. Um. Oh, some other games. Oh, yeah. I mean, those are the big ones. Who we got here, Dan? <sighs> Who don't we have, Ty, in the magnificent Patriot League? So gallant. James Madison. The James Madison Dollies travel to Lehigh. Is it the University of Lehigh? Lehigh College? Lehigh University? Lehigh University, Dan. Lehigh the University. Mountain Hawks, I'll the have you Mountain know. Hawks. Yes. The most mountainous region, perhaps. Anywhere on the in the Western Hemisphere, the Lehigh Valley. The terrain is just rocky, barely hospitable. It's it's basically Tora Bora. That's right. Um, you gotta go Lehigh here. Gotta go Lehigh here. Yeah. You gotta go. They, Lehigh is rested. They did not play last week. JMU, I believe, got killed by Virginia Tech. <laughs> if that's an easy transition to make, nope, it was Maryland. But all of those teams are somewhat the same to me. Sure. Um, You're thinking of William and Mary, I believe. William and Mary, James Madison. I'm such a patriot that it all blends together. Sure. Um, 
Lehigh's winning this one. I think it, it, it's a little bit ugly, but I think we're talking 17, 14 uh, Hawk Mountains. Okay. Sounds good. You have Lehigh here? I got Lehigh, yeah. I mean, fiance Kate. Fiance Kate would be beside herself if I went with Solid JMU yes. here. She, big big uh, Hawk Mountain fan? Hawk Mountain fan? No. Hawk Mountain's a ripoff. No, I mean ha- the, the Lehigh, the Lehigh Hawk Mountains. There is a Hawk Mountain place here in the Lehigh Valley. If you're is not there aware. really? There is a Hawk Mountain. So there's the Mountain Hawks and a Hawk Mountain. They're located about an hour apart, but yeah. What is Hawk Mountain? Place you go to see hawks on a mountain. Have you, have you been? I've been to Hawk Mountain, yes. Did you see hawks? No. Really? That's why it's a ripoff. <sighs> good views? Good views. Hell of a hike to get up there, though. Good, good like, make-out point? <sighs> there are a lot of people up there, Dan. You need to Ty. sort of blaze your own trail back. Ah, Back in the but wilderness if you want to do something gotta, like that. You gotta shut out the world and just go for it sometimes. What are, what's our next game here? Where are we going with this? <laughs> Dayton's hosting Georgetown. 0-1 Georgetown. Really embarrassing the Pat League in week one. I put a lot of faith in them going to um, Sao Paulo and playing their opener wherever yep. they played. In the Tokyo um, Dome. The Flyers have not played a game yet. Georgetown, Dayton. How do you feel about this game? Going I'm going to Ohio. Going west. I'm going to uh, Dayton. Because this was a question we asked in our heads up trivia between yeah. Stuart Mandel and Nicole Auerbach and yeah. Nicole back back. Is it back? I think it's, I think it's our back. Excuse me, Nicole. Nicole Auerbach. Yeah. She didn't like the fact this was one of the questions. Right. I asked where the Wright brothers originated. Right. She said it was too easy. Right. Whined a little bit about it. I'm going Dayton. Go Day- I'm going Dayton as well. Okay. Georgetown embarrassing the Pat League last week. I stand not for you, Hoyas. Um, all right, next game. Holy Cross, Morgan State. The Crusaders against the Morgan State Dean Witters. Who do you have? <laughs> I was going to say, it's the it's the Morgan Freemans. Um, I will go Holy Cross here. Two 0-1 teams. Morgan State already proving themselves to be a bit of a waste. 0-1 on the road themselves. Yeah. Holy Cross is hosting this one. So do you believe in trends? Who did the Morgan State Dean Witters play last week? No idea. They played Eastern Michigan on a gray field and lost. Okay. I'm going Holy Cross. I'm going Holy Cross as well. We agree. Next game, Villanova and Fordham. Bit of a background here. Fordham is the team of New York City. I thought that was Rutgers. I did too, and Rutgers still claims it is. Rutgers, Fordham, the Rams have pushed out Rutgers a little bit. Villanova, I don't know that I have a connection to Villanova. Um, Well, this is New York against PA here, so I got to go Nova, and you've got to go with Fordham. I'm going all Rams. What is Villanova, the Wildcats? The Wildcats, yeah. How original of Philadelphia. Do they light up the Empire State Building with an FU when Fordham plays? I feel like they should. They should if they don't. Um, I've got Nova, you've got Fordham. I've got Fordham fever, tie. Okay. And the only solution is a a gentle nap. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) what's next? Lafayette, your champion of champions, traveling to Sacred Heart. Where is Sacred Heart, you might be asking? I have no idea, but they are the pioneers. They're the most sacred of hearts. Yeah. I got to go Lafayette here, Dave. You have to. It just seems like it makes too much sense. It's a sacred heart, though. Situational play. Right. Um, Suffice to say, they bring plenty of heart to the table here. Mm. But Lafayette, Mm. Leopards, they're more than willing to eat the hearts out. Sacred heart, the class of the the NEC. That's right. Here's what I have to say to the NEC. You don't impress me because Lafayette impresses me. Congratulations on your 28-7 win over Marist. Nobody's impressed. By the way, Marist playing host to uh, Bucknell here. Playing host to Bucknell. I'm anti-Marist. Yeah, I'm going Bucknell. Bison. I'm, I'm all in on the Bison. Marist is, again, you're a joke. All right. You, lo- you lost to Sacred Heart. <laughs> you're embarrassing your families, your friends, your loved ones. Get out of here. All right. How you doing? I'm doing well. Do we get any I, listener messages? What do you post on Facebook? You posted something, post something on, Facebook. on Facebook. I don't know if you have, do you have any random music available here? <sighs> I can play Family Feud. Mm. Here's what I want you to do. I want to get you, I want your finger on Lex Steel. Okay. You have your finger on Lex? You want Frank Beamer's bed or just the Lex Steel without the sound behind I it? I want with Frank Beamer's bed. Okay, I got it. Because I'm always curious about food. I do a food show called Easy Call for SBNation.com. Company it's a website. Man. Company man. Absolutely. Uh, curious about the Verballers and what they're eating, whether it be at tailgates, at home, whatever the case may be. New segment I like to call Listener Menu. Hit me that sound. You know, I also like, have the crab cakes and football sound from Wedding Crashers. 
nah, it's not good enough. You don't want that? Okay. Lex Steel is the only one good enough. We'll okay. find a use for that. Um, I'm going to go through. We, we got some menu items that people are cooking up. This is from Kenneth. Fish oh. fillets marinated in mojo and seasoned with mango, lime, pepper, blackened and served in tacos with baby spinach leaves, cilantro, farmer's market, tomatoes, lime juice, and homemade habanero salsa. That's like 58 pots and pans he needs to clean after that meal. Ty, stop it with the pots and it's pans. It's not worth it, Ken. I'm sorry. It's totally worth it. It's not worth it. Logan's making, he's making some fresh ceviche. He's fishing in the morning. Ceviche does not take pots and pans. What is, I don't even know what that is. You don't know what ceviche what is, What is ceviche? Ty? No. Oh. I do have so much to learn. Ceviche is sort of a, a fresh fish. It's a raw fish sort of salad in lime juices and lemon juices. It's a citrus sort of. So it's raw fish in citrus, maybe some vegetables, Ugh. maybe some avocado. Delicious. How do you say that word? Ceviche. I was going to guess that he's some sort of EDM composer, but okay. No, absolutely not. Ceviche is a Mexican dish. All right. Typically. What else? What else are people eating? Ceviche. George says, big tray of nachos around midnight British time post-Stanford's trampling of USC. Do they eat nachos in Britain? British nachos. I'm intrigued by British nachos. I am not at all. The British know how to do a lot of things well. Food is typically not one of them. Okay. Sal Salius. Let's call him Saul. Saul. Let's call him Saul. This is Saul Goodman. Pork tenderloin stuffed with Italian sausage and wrapped in bacon. Drop me that Mm. sound tie. That sounds fantastic, Saul. That looks good, yeah. Mike is getting ready for Farmageddon. Bacon and egg stuffed with biscuits. Bacon and egg stuffed biscuits with sausage gravy. I don't know how he's going to stay awake for that entire game, but Kara, <laughs> this is the interesting one I liked. Kara, picking up roti and some sort of curried vegetable, then hunkering down in the Peace Corps office so I can hopefully find a good stream of the USC-Stanford game. Ah, game days in Guyana. Guyana, wow. Guyana. Have wow. You, I, I'm a big fan of Indian food and, and sort of derivations thereof. Yeah. Love some curried veggies and roti, some of that roti bread. I want to know what the watch situation is in Guyana. Because I'm headed to Mexico for a weekend. Right. A little bit later on this season. Completely it's a, different country. Yeah, it's the same weekend <laughs> that Stanford plays Oregon. Okay, where in Mexico are you heading? Headed to uh, Riviera Maya. Oh, very nice. Okay. I feel like you should be able to find a TV, especially for a big game. You can watch ESPN Deportes, ESPN America. The problem is I need to watch like eight games. So yeah, what can you do for me, Mexico, is what I'm asking. You got to find some fast Wi-Fi. At Solid Verbal Care, let us know what uh, what the watch situation is. Lee's got some dry rub ribs, stadium beer brats, corn salad wings, and buffalo chicken tacos for later. I'm playing it now. That sounds good to me. Yeah. I would like to know more about these buffalo chicken tacos yeah. myself. And I'm going to round this out with David. My game day go-to is homemade maple bacon ice cream. Wow. Are you on board with the whole sweet. Are you on board with the whole like bacon movement? Dessert bacon? Just like bacon in anything movement. No, I think it should be used judiciously. Bacon's too okay. important to just throw in everything. I, I don't agree. want to oversaturate myself with bacon. There is a donut. They, they do it a lot of places, but the, the place that I think made it pretty famous in Portland, Voodoo Donuts, has yeah. the maple bacon bar. Yep. It's pretty good. Okay. It's pretty good. But bacon this, bacon soap, bacon shampoo, bacon air fresh. I like the, come on, let's, let's dial it back a little bit. Let's enjoy our bacon where bacon's meant to be had. And that's, that's plenty. Um, I don't know if we have any other thoughts. We don't, but look. College football week. I've it's got all these time. sounds on the board here. Right. And I've got one that I love but have no use for. Please, play it. From this point forward, Dan, yes. the Tech Mobile sound signifies a secret verbal. Ooh. You like wow. that? Wow. Secret verbal time. Yeah. You said you've so, got this one on lockdown already. I've got this one on lock. I eventually, and I felt bad... Um, I generally feel bad and tell our, the people that receive the, the right. secret verbals that. So, in fact, we don't believe that you are communicating with dolphins and they were confiding in with you. I, I, I let the, the secret out to uh, our friend Chantel Jennings of ESPN, yep. who was very confused, as I assume most people are. <laughs> very, very confused. And so what I've done in the past with some of these people that have these people that have been the recipients of the secret verbal um, – Giving them the opportunity to choose our next victim and or topic. Because it's sometimes difficult for us as we scroll through the feeds to figure out who would be good. We've pretty much gotten everybody. That's true. She selected somebody we have not gotten yet, though. Okay. Mike Rosenberg. Ah, from SI? From SI, formerly of uh, the Detroit Free Press, I believe. Okay. Very good writer. Covers college football, among many other sports. 
Mike Rosenberg, Twitter handle Rosenberg, R-O-S-E-N-B-E-R-G. I believe it's E-R-G, not U-R-G. Okay. Um, and she was very specific about what what topic should be broached. It is B-E-R-G, B-E-R-G. underscore Mike. Rosenberg underscore Mike. There are two Mike Rosenbergs, not the Merck one, Rosenberg underscore Mike. Please do not tell him from where you came. It is not a, do not hashtag it with anything solid verbal related. Do not mention us. Do not mention no. anything about the situation, but this is what you have to ask him in some sort of form. You have to say, do you think you will ever reunite? And Ty and I are both romantics at heart. Big time. Do you think you will ever reunite with the beautiful farm girl you met as a boy harvesting olives in Tuscany? Tuscany, wow. Sort of, sort of a, a romantic tragedy, if you will. He's been longing for this farm girl that he met when he was harvesting olives in Tuscany. And we want to know if he's going to make an effort to reunite. I feel Rosenberg like I need to underscore Mike. I feel like I need to play a harp or something on top of that sequence. I don't have the harp yet, but no, we'll get there. All Will right. you reunite with the farm girl you met in Tuscany while harvesting olives? There's your secret verbal. I like it. You an olive fan, Ty? Love black olives. Green? No. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm a big up. I don't do the olives on the pizza, though. I'll take olives on anything. I just like olives on my fingers. Yeah. The black olives on my fingers. That's the great way to go. The pro tip when eating olives is to get yeah. like those little match matchstick carrots and put the oh, olive, wow. put the pitted olive on the top and it's then eat them carrot. both. I used to pre- pretend when I was younger that it was like a match. Now, will you dip said carrot no, no, and no, no, olive no, combo no, into like no, a ranch no, or anything? No, 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 no. You're a purist. I'm a purist at heart. This is like your ribs with a, only a dry rub. That's right. Carrot and olive solo. That's right. Wow. Okay. okay. Well, good show. One of our finest of all all day. Week two is upon us. Head on out yes. to solidverbal.com for more information about how you can get in touch with us. We're on Facebook. Mm-hmm. We're on FanCred. We're on Twitter. We're Share also, the dang show with your friends. That's right. Share the show. We're also... On email at solidverbal at gmail.com and uh, call in this weekend, 408 Verbal One. Leave us your voice message. We'll cut up the reverbs, play it back for you on Sunday when we record our next show here, Dan. Talk about all this action and uh, much, much more in and around the world of college football. You watching with uh, Mama H? Not watching with Mama H. Oh, actually. yeah, you're on vacay. I am you're on vacay. I'm headed, I'm headed to parts unknown. I hate myself for saying vacay, by the way. I want to make that clear. I'm headed to parts unknown. Oh, man. But you will have access to uh, to college football at large. I, I will have access to college football. I'll be in a sports bar. Um, I cannot make any guarantees on my behavior while watching Notre Dame, Michigan, especially since I'll be apart from Mama H. Right. And will she be furiously texting you? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, this is going to be this is going to be a train wreck. Great. One way or the other. I will be tweeting. Don't worry. Good. I was worried for a moment. For that guy over there, Mr. Dan Rubenstein, for myself, Ty, here in good old Eastern PA. Thanks again for tuning in to the Solid Verbal. Enjoy your weekend, boys and girls. Stay solid. We'll catch you all in a few days. Peace. Peace.